0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to Ike Live. Uh, we've got it was great having those guys on, uh, man, seeing behind the scenes what goes on on an Elite Tournament Trail and talking about the classic. We're, uh, we're gonna switch gears a little bit. It's, it's really cool what, what's going on right now with the high school, uh, fishing programs. It's absolutely amazing. I could, wouldn't it be great, Bridget, if you had a high school fishing team? I mean, wouldn't that have been cool if that was available loved it. to us?
1: I would have loved it.
0: Yeah. It's all over now.
1: I know. Everywhere. High school. I think you even have junior elementary teams, like certain stuff all now, but high school.
0: Uh, down down in Orange, Texas. This is amazing. At the at our Bass University, we had five kids from one team come, which isn't that uncommon. What's uncommon is they were members of a 120-kid team wow. at their high school. Hundred and twenty wow. kids. Fishing. Jeez. A fishing team.
1: Yeah. Like crazy.
0: And, and they had um they, we talked about it before, I think, uh almost a five hundred boat tournament on Sam Rayburn, a high school fishing championship. Five hundred teams. You know, that's a thousand kids. Anyway, it's it's run rampant. It's uh, you know, high schools all over the country. Even here in New Jersey, we've got some high school fishing teams. Um, and it, it's great to see. I mean, to to have a program like that. My my college program consisted of a trolling motor battery and a and a trolling motor that I would keep in the corner of my dorm room. And when I get twenty bucks together, I could go rent a boat wow. and go fishing for today. You know? How about it? Yeah. Now. Man, these kids are traveling all over the country.
1: They're getting boat sponsors.
0: You're getting boat sponsors. Yeah. Scholarships.
1: Crazy.
2: Already done. I mean, when you were in college, you know, you'd go fish, come home, buy bread for a nickel on the way back
0: in, right?
1: In <laughs> <laughs> 10 feet of snow. Yeah. <laughs> is it, is, isn't that yeah. what you
0: said? When you run out of material, you go right for the age? YouTube, I couldn't Thanks. miss that. <laughs> <laughs> sat, that, 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 that <laughs> sorry. You're right. I, did. I violated my own rule. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: that was a long time ago. So Texas, 120 kids on one team. One team one team my god we can't even fill all of our wrestling weights in some high schools (laughs) let alone (laughs) 120 kids i know
0: i know well it's such a it's such a cool thing and and i'm so for it uh you know when you when you teach a kid how to fish and that's what the ike foundation's about too um you know you kind of absorb that kid in in something that's very it's addictive but it's a very very positive experience you know it it when, you, when your kid's fishing, you know where he's at. You know he's not getting into trouble. You know he's not up to no good. Because when you get bit by this outdoor bug, this fishing thing, it's all consuming, you know. You and it'll consume you your whole life. You
1: don't have money or time for anything else, you know, except right. the outdoors.
0: Right. Right. It's a good so, thing. And just so happens, we have them. We have the winners uh, that, that competed in, in a high school uh, derby. And got to weigh in at the stage at the Bassmaster Classic. I'd like to welcome everybody. I welcome everybody. This is Trevor McKinney and Dallas Richardson. Did I say that right? Yes. <laughs> welcome, guys, man. I mean, congratulations. congratulations. Good job, guys. Um, now I gotta say, where where are you guys? You guys are from Illinois. Benton, Illinois. It's in the southern part. Do you guys have 120 kids on your fishing team? Uh,
3: no, not <laughs> even close.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, tell tell us a little bit about how how you qualify to be able to compete in in this event that took place at the classic. How does that whole thing work uh, for the schools in Illinois? Uh,
4: well, they have three different uh, high school Bassmaster open, and you can fish all the open you want all you have to do is travel to them and uh, they have a central open, a Southern open and a Midwestern open. And uh, the Southern opens in Alabama, the central open has been on Toledo bend and the Midwestern's been here held in Illinois, uh, both years. And, uh, pretty much what they do is they take the top two teams from all the open. And then they take the top two teams from the national championship. And, uh, this year, uh, the Classic was held in Oklahoma, so they took the top two teams from Oklahoma State and then the reigning champions from last year, and then they have a Classic. <clears throat> so you guys finished in
0: first or second in your division? Yes, and one of the Opens that we did. Where where was that at? Springfield Lake here in Illinois. How did, how did that go? Did you guys crush the field or uh, – how did that tournament go for you guys
4: uh well we uh we found this little canal and we started flipping and that's what we love to do and we thought we had it one we had 15 pounds and the, usually for springfield lake we fish there quite a bit yeah 15 pounds you're golden and uh, somebody shocked us and brought in 17 pounds so we ended up getting second Wow, that that's still strong. What? Well, so you got second place off a of flipping
0: bite, which is your strength. You love to do it. You qualified for the classic. Were you? Were you? Was your head spinning that you guys were going to come to the weigh-in at the classic stage?
3: Oh yes, it's a once-in-a-lifetime deal. I mean, both of us, neither one of us ever thought. I mean, you know, we have confidence in ourselves, but we never thought that we'd make it that far, especially even as young as we are.
0: Well, you guys did a great job getting there. Now, I heard uh, some of the kids coming through the Classic were talking about it. it conditions were incredibly tough at the Classic uh, where, where you guys were fishing. W- what lake were you fishing at, and was it tough for you guys there?
4: Yeah, we were on uh, Lake Hudson, and it really was tough. Uh, we pre-fished four days, and the first three days that we pre-fished, we only had two bites a day. Wow. And, uh the water clarity was just terrible. I mean, they had 18 inches of rain, I think a month before the tournament. And, uh, the water clarity is just ch- like chocolate milk. And, uh, it was just literally two bites a day is about all you get. till we found, uh, found the spot that we actually ended up catching all our fish at. And it was a little different there, but the rest of the lake, two bites a day. And uh, that's about, I mean, that's what everybody got. And that's what we were getting. Well,
0: what, what was different about that spot? What, what, what'd you guys, would you guys figure out? Well, we went back in that creek
3: and the water was a little bit clear and, uh, it was, it was about an hour and 10 minute boat run from where we took off and you had to idle quite a ways to get back there. And I don't think anybody else had touched back there. You know, it was all fresh water. It wasn't pressured hardly at all. we we just had the whole creek to ourselves.
0: Wow. That, that's it. What style of missile bait were you guys flipping to win this tournament? <laughs> Uh, we were, <laughs> feel feel we
5: free to feel free to make fun of Pete,
4: guys. What was that? You were using a jig? Yeah, we were flipping a Luckler jig and uh, throwing a Lucky Craft Skeet Reese crankbait bait that oh, we bought skeet. at the Classic Expo for the day before the tournament.
2: Now, are those the okay. crankbaits that swim real crooked when you're reeling them back? Or?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, so so you got you caught them flipping and on a on a on a crankbait and did you how how did that go i mean did did you guys know you had it won did you were you guys amazed at how well you were able to catch them or you know what what was going through your mind when you were out there competing Uh,
4: i mean we had a pretty good idea or we we wanted to think we had it won but i mean these are the best 11 anglers in the country i mean we knew we had a good sack we had 18 or 19 pounds we knew wow, but wow. we knew it was tough nice. but uh i mean like i said you fishing against the best 11 anglers in the country and you never know what they're gonna throw at you
0: yeah well I i mean that was an amazing amazing catch what was second place by the way
4: a little over 11 pounds, 13 ounces, Holy smokes, you
0: almost doubled it. Yeah, you ran them over. Man. Hey, uh, I'm, so, I, the, I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, are you guys qualified for this? You've got 18 pounds. You're super pumped. Are you guys nervous? You're about to go in and weigh in at the Bassmasters Classic in front of, I don't know, 20,000 people. Were you guys freaking out? Oh, yeah. Backstage,
3: you know. They had us all sitting in the aerator tank with our bags of fish and we looked around and we saw, you know, what everybody else had, but you didn't get a real good look because they didn't really want you to see. So, uh, you know, backstage behind that big curtain, you couldn't, you couldn't hear anything. And then whenever we, whenever we got out there and weighed in our fish and they said we were the new leader, you know, butterflies, well, you already had butterflies going, but you know, your stomach just kind of dropped, you know, it, it's such an, a great and amazing feeling.
2: So now let me ask you guys something. So it's post classic, you're the champions. You go back to school Monday morning. Does the principal at least announce your name over to intercom and give you accolade?
3: Oh yeah, they had about a five minute, you know, congratulations and introduced that, you know, said how we did it, how we got there, you know. What 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 our way it was, and I, I probably had close to a hundred people coming up to me in the hallways, or teachers, or you know, just anybody coming up to me and telling me relations that day at school.
2: You're getting a lot more attention from the girls now, too. Ones that never looked at you before, maybe look at you twice now. Is that coming your way?
3: A
1: lot of Facebook friend requests, yeah.
2: Instagrams. <laughs> How about bull? his tail?
3: Yeah, a bunch of Facebook and Instagram. See? No girls, though,
2: huh? No. Uh, we're pretty lost animals. I don't have girlfriends. Come on, guys. They're Come in down. high school. If that was me, that thing would have been drilled to the hood of my 72 Nova, and I'd have been driving around with my one speaker to work, blasting public enemy. All right? You guys got to play this differently, because when you're 44, you're going to regret that you didn't. All right? You're not ever going to have anything again that says classic champ on it. Play this right. All
0: right? Yep. Hey, that's amazing. Well, what, what's up next for you guys? You're, you won. You won this monstrous thing, man. Are, are you going to use it uh, to try to score a scholarship to uh, some university? What are you guys doing?
4: Uh, well, actually, we've already uh, signed our letter to go to McKendree University and we're uh, actually going to continue our fishing career together next year at McKendree next fall. That's and awesome. the great thing about this since we won, we've already qualified for the college classic next year good no kidding wow so, man so
0: how far back do you two go as friends uh about seventh,
2: seventh grade is whenever we started fishing together that's cool now that's do you good. guys pal around outside of school every day and stuff like that
3: uh yeah just about i mean we, we spend a lot of time hunting together you know just running around cruising the mall
4: <laughs> uh, Looking- uh, we don't cruise them all very much. All right. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> <laughs> Before this, we went over to the pond and caught about fifty. Nice, wow. good for you guys. Yes, good for you.
6: nice. Seventh grade. That sixth grade is uh when we uh, kind of all got. Yeah,
2: yeah, we recruited yeah, cuz you you found me in 5th grade and then we and we recruited Mike in 6th grade. Yeah,
6: that's when we got together with Ike and that's where we formed our whole, whole little group. And that's so pretty neat, man. About the same time as these guys.
2: So now do you guys have any funny stories about each other you might want to tell everyone who's watching right now?
4: <laughs> 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 we don't
2: mean to go. Away.
4: Nah. Any uh, I will tell you, it don't matter where you go on in this country, he will have some girl at the hotel. It don't matter where you go, there'll be girls uh, one time we went to Springfield, and I'm sitting here half asleep, and uh, he knocks on the door. I walk over. He's like, "Hey, come take my picture with these girls." There's four girls standing outside in the hotel. jeez in the way. That's what's up. That's nice. that's what I'm yeah. talking about. Nice.
2: Man's got skills. <laughs> so Dallas is the not only
1: <laughs> fishing skills.
2: Yeah. So Dallas is the swordsman yeah. Yeah. of your team, right? That's Davis. What you're saying, Dallas? Dallas. You're the swordsman.
0: But well, he can get it jump, get it done. It looks like he got.
2: Yeah, they good got, job.
0: They, they congratulations. It looked like they froze up on us <laughs> That that question threw him for a loop. Yeah. But hey, man, what what an amazing thing is. to win, to dominate a tournament like that at, at the exact when you're at the championship. You know what I mean? It's
1: and then God to in at the Bassmaster Classic.
0: Yeah,
2: and to experience that with your best friend
0: too. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like, you
2: had since grade school. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, that's that was good uh, memories. True, truly amazing experience. I'm so happy that we have these all these high school programs going on now. They seem like good kids, man. Yeah, yeah, they do. They certainly do. But uh, but anyway, we're gonna appreciate those guys being on. We didn't get to say goodbye to them um congratulations again and uh I, we look for big things from you guys in your college program and hopefully we'll be seeing that real soon but we got coming up real soon is going to be uh we're going to be talking about some bass biology uh with some interesting stuff going on there looking forward to learning more about that sort of thing and you we'll, still
2: have to tell some best bass, master classic stories
0: yes well I got a lot of stories from the Bassmasters Classic. Well, I,
2: I know some have to stay outside the room and well, some are allowed to come in.
0: We'll take we'll take one. Let me. Uh,
6: I tried to get the kids back on the line. It seems like we're having trouble with Skype, so I yeah. think we're gonna move on. I'll send them a message and thank them for coming on. Yeah. And uh, and I'm gonna move on to our next guest and
0: get the uh. You you wanna do, go ahead. you wanna talk special ops? Let's do it right you know, now. know? Yep. Because that uh, you know you wanna talk classic stories and you know. i gotta be honest this is probably going to be one of my favorite uh classic episodes classic stories that's happened to me over the years and brian you're gonna have to you know weigh in on this a little bit because it was it was me and him that were that were part of this experience and um you know on you know we get invited to a lot of different things you know being in the classic you got to do dinners with this person or sponsor obligations or this and that but we got we got invited um out to a barbecue uh, by the guys that are special ops guys, the guys that are leading up the program for special ops survivors. You're wearing their hat right now. Yes, which, I am. Which I think is awesome. And, um, you know, these, these guys were there at the Classic uh, for the sole purpose of raising money for special ops survivors. If you saw that show, you know what I'm talking about. If you didn't see it, we've got a lot of men and women in our military – that make the ultimate sacrifice to defend our freedom and their families are dealing with some pretty extreme conditions, you know. They've lost uh they've lost somebody that's very very important to the family, the wives, the maybe the husbands, the kids um that have to live with, you know, without um their their man and this program is designed to help those folks to help those families uh with whatever their needs may be and these guys came from all over um and exhibited a booth and were selling these hats for special ops survivors hats uh for 10 bucks the hats were donated to them and and they raised over $17,000 at the Bassmasters Classic which That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, it, it was yeah. on oh, hats. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. Man. On 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 hats and 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 it's because a lot of people can appreciate you know what's going going through with these people. They're they're it's the human side of things. You know, I mean, we think about people that make that ult- ultimate sacrifice. We think about maybe the the warriors that have to go go out there and do the do the battle. But but those those folks that are on the peripheral, the the wives and the kids, you know, what they have to contend with when they lose somebody. Uh, you know i just can't imagine and and that's why we're you know we're, at Ike live we're happy to help that cause and promote that cause and we we did it by having those guys uh both Mark and Rudy, who were on the show, and you guys can go back and review that episode It's a powerful powerful episode they're those,
1: great guys, yeah, yeah,
0: some serious stuff that 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 those guys have endured but but anyway we me and the carpenter. Uh we're down there for Ike Live because Dave wasn't invited. We went to, wait we got invited out to uh to a barbecue, you know, and um and all these guys that were there and um from special ops and, and to my surprise Gary Klein was there. You know, Shaw Grigsby was wow, there. nice. Um, and those guys are Patriots. Yep. You know, those two uh, special, special guys, and and I appreciate it, appreciated them being there. But uh, and I and I'm and I want to I want to say this. I've I've wrote a lot of this stuff down because, you know, I want to do it justice to to what happened to us uh, that night. But uh, the we were presented as representatives of like live because Dave wasn't there um we were presented with uh <laughs> um a, a jump master's knife and I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna show it to you right here um it's uh get yeah, knife that you retards lost <laughs> go ahead don't screw up the story <laughs> we'll talk
2: about
5: that next
0: right. <laughs> but uh this is a jump master's knife and it's it's presented uh to graduates uh, that well, the guys that graduate from Jump Masters School, it's an award of excellence. It's a very, very challenging and difficult school to go through, and this is an award of excellence. And the, the guys from this cause presented this to the Ike Live show because we, we help out and we, we promote their cause, and, and we, we're giving these guys a voice uh, which they need to, to help the special ops survivors and uh, it's an award of excellence and i can tell you uh it's such a humbling experience um the way these guys did it it's just a bunch of guys sitting around a, a grill you know and drinking having a beer relaxing together um and they stood up they discussed what it was and they presented us to the ike live show and it's just so humbling and Um, can't tell you guys how much I appreciate, uh, what you, what you do for us, what you've done. And we're going to put this, uh, we're going to display it somewhere prominent on this show so it can be seen, you know, every episode, uh, because it's so important. And I want to encourage everybody, um, to go and donate, participate, volunteer, do what you can special ops survivors. It's an amazing cause. That really really helps people. That really really help us. So so check it out. And thanks thanks guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna read their names right now. Yeah. Some of the guys I want to thank it is Mark McCowan, Eric, and I can't see too good. So help me here, Brian.
6: Yeah, let me catch up. Eric, <laughs> Jesus, Lach- give me hand
0: with that. <laughs> Jim Sheehan, a good friend of mine that I've known a, a long Lochner. time. The big sexy. Uh, Paul Garrett, Paul Garrett, um, Craig Sh- Shelf, Scalf. Scalf. <laughs> and who else? Mike U. Mike you i to hey. leave
6: Mike U. Uh, Mike stays somewhat anonymous as he's still uh, working.
0: Ah, gotcha. Right. So-
6: um, shout out to the ladies as well. Big Sexy's wife, Annette, Nettie, and um, and Kerry Klaus from Spe- Special Ops. Um, Kerry works very hard for that for that group, and. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, dude, it was it was unbelievable. I, and, I wish I wish Dave and Mike and Becky were all there to see it. And um, I wish I wish Rudy was there too. I wish Rudy was there too. But it was it was a pretty awesome night. It was yeah. um, to be around that group of guys. Um, I, was, I was trying to pick up the uh, uh, get into the email and, and put a picture up of a uh, group photo from that night, but um, I'll get to that. But uh, wow, it, 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 it was special.
2: Yeah, I'd like to thank you, thank the guys for. Uh, for signing one of the hats that that that's going to go to my son and I know that when he sees that tonight when I get home with it he's going to want to wear it tomorrow and tomorrow he's competing in the New Jersey Scholastic Wrestling Championship
0: that's amazing and
2: hopefully he can make the podiums if he does I know he's he's going to want to wear that one so thanks guys I appreciate it my son will very much appreciate it as well
6: yeah. and, and, and such such David. a humble group of guys man it's just unbelievable so it was it was cool man it was cool to see hey.
2: So Monday morning, right? Monday morning I'm playing Call of Duty and I get a call from Brian who's if he could have been frantic, he would have been frantic, but he was uh oh,
6: <laughs> he was feeling yeah, the effects yeah, of
2: yeah. overparting. He's like he sent me a picture of the knife the the night before, or maybe two nights before, so I knew what it looked like. He's like dude. <laughs> Dude, you got to get on the Internet now and find that knife. We lost it. <laughs> so I'm right on the Google machine, Google Images. You know, we're trying to find the knife. And finally I'm just like, look, dude, we're not going to reply. I couldn't find that exact looking knife on the Internet. I'm like, listen, we're going to find the closest thing we can to it because when they come in studio or if they're back when they're back up here again I'm like you know they'll get a laugh out of it anything that involves the handguns and hard liquor and lost shit it's funny right. and they'll even find it funnier that it was like a, that we tried to put a replica up here when it's not you know the real deal <laughs> and then Brian's like nah Pete had it in his luggage
5: <laughs>
6: yeah Pete totally set me up but he's like the waiter took
0: it I know that son of a bitch
6: yeah, took I it I like, to <laughs> slit his throat man
7: everyone <laughs> had <mutants>. I know
0: <laughs> he was like what'd you say Brian he, he was dude he was talking to the waiter He's like like, man, you gotta find this knife. It's it's like the Pulp Fiction watch.
5: You know what I mean? The Pulp watch. I yeah. <laughs> oh the my God. I no, no, no. So I,
0: hu- I hid this uncomfortable hunk of metal up my ass for two years. <laughs> 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 but we uh, we found we found the knife. It's weird because Brian brought it down. and I was mad at him because we had eleven uh, person dinner at the night of the classic. Ike and his family were there. Uncle Don. His mom and all of us that worked for all of the businesses were all there, and Brian brought it down, rightfully so, you know, to show it to Mike and Becky and what we had received. And I was like, man, this is going to end badly, and um, you know, this shouldn't be here. You know what I mean? We need to, because it was in, it was already buried in my luggage, you know, so we could get it home safe, right? And we could get it here, you know. And I'm like, first of all, I was thinking, what the hell, Brian's rifling through my luggage, man. <laughs> but,
1: uh, forget tsa yes. it's fine.
0: what's he doing doing that but anyway this knife shows up down and I'm, I'm like man we're gonna forget it we're you know it's you know we're all tired exhausted and um i i had to go up because we were having the champions toast i had to go up to my room and I, and i guess i forgot that i did this i grabbed the knife and i put it right back in my bag thank god and i and i uh i totally forgot that i had did i've done that and, and cuz we get up it's ridiculous to get to the airport you know so you're all
1: discombobulated yeah, yeah
0: and i'm like oh man who's got the knife <laughs> so <laughs> brian brian starts i wish i had thought of it as a as a genuine prank that would have been better it would have been better but i you was, had me I, I was right there with him though man i we were calling lost and found we were, we we're doing yeah we yeah. were freaking out we were looking at pictures we're of the knife we're like oh man we got to find an, an ebay or there's got to be one out there just like it but anyway we didn't we have we have it and thank you, guys. We had a little blood, sweat, and tears. And and I,
2: I can see Brian going nuts, too, like wanting to strip down people. <laughs> I was,
6: dude. So how long did you have that thing up your... Uh, <laughs> uh, two, two, years. Years. Two, years. two
2: years. Two years. Two years. So give me to watch. So <laughs> Mark McCallum, when he was up here, told me a good story about Klein. He said that they had Klein and some other angler, I'm not quite sure, out or down their way at, at one of their gun ranges, and we're shooting with him. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, how's Klein shoot? And he said, you uh, with his, like, southern... He's like s- slow Southern gentlemanly accent. He's like, you do not want to get
0: in a long distance gunfight with Klein. Apparently, he's a dead eye man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm not surprised nah. if you if you've ever watched him fish. I mean, he is precise and meticulous. So yeah, very
1: su- methodic. Yeah, casting wise. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, he's something else. But I tell you, the 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 thing that those guys came to that little barbecue, and it was small. You know, it was just it was just these guys and and all of us uh, from our group and. Um, but what was really cool was one, one of them had a 10-year-old, a I guess, son. I, guess, I think he was 10 years old. And he was just getting into fishing. And he was trying to figure out how to flip and pitch. He got a personal lesson from Gary Klein wow. Wow. and Shaw Grigsby.
1: That's awesome.
0: And, uh, and Pete Kluzak on how to pitch <laughs> and flip uh that night dream come it, it, true yeah it, uh, it's just amazing it, it's but you know what it is those so, guys are so humble and they're gracious that they're awesome guys too. like we've been
2: in the presence of athletes and it's mm-hmm. just like when you're in the presence of a group of those guys the personalities that are forged in the experiences that they have mm-hmm. make being in their presence just it's 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 all, it's like all inspiring like it, 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 you can't help but be like a fanboy of them because it's it, they they just the way they the way they are and the way that the way that they talk and the things that they talk about are just something that no one else can yeah. right you know and it's pretty cool and they're just so they're so open and gracious and they're just they're, they're just such great guys man
0: yeah they they really are and they're just they're just guys they're people that do what was it uh You know, Jimmy V said that said like, you know, there's God must have really liked ordinary people because he made so many of us. But every day, ordinary people do extraordinary things. And these guys are ordinary people that do extraordinary things. And, um, you know, that's that's something that impresses me and something that amazes me because I can't imagine. I mean, I feel the pressures in a tournament, you know, when I have to pay the mortgage because I got to get a check this week to pay the mortgage. And I'm freaking, you know what I mean? I can't sleep at night and I'm I'm feeling tremendous stress and anxiety. Those guys have a whole different job task when they get up in the morning, yeah. you know, even if if they're able to even sleep at all, you know. Mark tells that one story. It was his birthday
2: and one of the other guys... Bought him a bottle of liquor for his birthday, and he wasn't gonna—it wasn't gonna give it to him, I guess, till later on that day. But they were like pinned down in this building, and there was a massive enemy force outside. And the dude was just like, "I'm gonna give this to you now, you know, because uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of like Mark said, there's a lot of dudes out there, you know, and that's their way of saying like this is pretty fucked up, and there's a yeah. good chance that you know we're some of us aren't it. coming yeah. back, yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah. And it's those types of bonds and friendships that are forged in that, to be cliche, forged in that fire that uh that most of us will never ever know unfortunately never know that that type of bond that they all have with one
0: another yeah well that's that's true and but they've they've and they've reached out to us and they've connected with us because that's one thing we all have in common is we all love to fish yeah and i and that I, is cool i saw it with those guys and it used, the ball busting was monstrous proportions they, they were what was he calling me brian he doesn't have his phones on they were calling me like a saint or they were calling me. They call me something because somehow I was able to get Rudy and Mark to catch a fish that day. Because <laughs> St. Pete. <laughs> St. Pete. Yeah, St. Peter.
5: <laughs>
0: but that that's that's really cool. It was a lot. It was a lot of fun hanging out with them. And that's just one memory from the classic this year that was uh, that was pretty special. Um, you know, if there's one thing I could, Mark, uh, if you're listening, if you have any
2: input on this. Um, it's well-known, you know, fat head. I got a seven and three-quarter inch head. Maybe next year's release of hats. Can't, I'm on the last button of the hat. I, uh, no joke. It fits me great. I'm going to wear it all the time, but I'm on the absolute last peg. Maybe get a couple more pegs because my head's not going to get any smaller. need an extra
1: large. Just that, that, yeah.
2: yeah, like that one-size-fits-all, the elastic kind. Yeah. I don't know, but no. Thank you. Just wandering. Well,
0: <laughs> Worth a shot. Yeah. Just hoping. We saw Fat Cat Newton down there Oh yeah? at the classic. <laughs> yep. That's cool. Yeah. Now is he tall? Yeah. Is he? He is tall. He, he's. We're he's ready tall, to go, guys. He's a tall. Okay. He's a tall, big guy. Yeah. Did you pick him for he, like 5'1"? I, I did. See, I thought he, he was like five foot five,
5: five, five foot six. <laughs> yeah. you know? like short guy.
2: Nah, but not in a bad way. I just did You know, when you're watching his videos and you're seeing him near next to him, like stuff, you know, you get a mental image of what you know until you see someone. Yeah, I was just wondering. Not that it matters. He gave me five, five. I still find
6: him hilarious.
0: But <laughs> do you want to do the introductions on this one, Brian?
6: Yeah. Before we do, there, there's Dave's head on on uh, the last. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Right what there.
0: Did
1: you take <laughs> it? No, you a picture?
6: Hey, of dick. Me. Why did you do that, dude?
1: Talk about fathead.
6: Bro, I make plays. <laughs> oh, oh, I make plays,
2: man. bro. I, I hate you. <laughs> He's like, I hate <laughs> you. <laughs>
6: Okay, I think we got him on the phone. This is uh, Jason Barnews, is it? Yeah, you got it. Okay. We have Jason on the phone here. Um, I know Jason from uh, Twitter, and, um, and I was lucky enough to run into him at the Classic. He's a, uh, he's a biologist, and he was at the Classic representing Canada or uh, maybe Ontario. He'll tell us in a second here. Um, but there was a uh, conservation summit. That they do every other year at the Classic, um, where the biologists from around the country show up and uh, talk science.
0: So awesome, Jason. Well, well, welcome to the show, man. Appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. And uh, I, I didn't get to attend that that summit. I wished I had it attended. But uh, how was it? I mean, what what uh what did you guys talk about? What was high on the priority list down there at the Classic?
8: Sure, uh, yeah, so I'm, so I'm the uh, conservation director for Ontario, and uh, so the Gene Gillen, you guys all know Gene, I'm sure, or know of him, uh, so he, he's the conservation director for bass, and Gene sets up this conference every other year. Uh, this particular year in Tulsa, we had 32 conservation directors, so every bass nation, uh, every state, less one province, uh, Ontario obviously, uh has their own conservation director at the conservation summit though gene also invites agency reps like biologists and uh, managers from different uh, agencies in each state uh, different fish chiefs so there was actually over a hundred of us at this uh, summit and uh the way the way that, the way it works guys is uh they kind of sequester us for two days Uh, And they keep us in this uh, conference room and they bribe us with donated food and coffee. Uh, (laughs) And we talk about conservation. We talk about new research. We talk about uh, partnerships. Like, man, there's so much conservation work going on with all the different uh, states. There's a huge push right now to do conservation work with uh, the high school clubs, the youth clubs. Um, And there's actually money on the table. Uh, Some companies have uh, really stepped up. And uh, offered money to groups if you want to partner with a high school club or a youth club to get some conservation projects off the ground. There's literally money on the table. So uh, we talked about all of that, and it's really cool, too, all the various issues across the US uh, and Canada, because every region has their own sort of unique problems. Um, Just a quick shout out to the sponsors of the summit uh, Yamaha. The American Sports Fishing Association, uh, Mossback Habitat, the Aquatic uh, Ecosystem Restoration Fund, and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. And they helped us out from donating room space to AV equipment to food. So it was pretty cool. And then every day they'd let us off with good behavior around 2 o'clock and we get to go over to the weigh-in. And uh, a few of us got to work backstage. I was lucky enough to backstage every day helping with the fish care with the Oklahoma guys. So it was a really cool... Uh, but busy three days for sure.
0: Sounds like it, man. I, boy, they had you guys like hearing seminars and stuff. Well, the the project conservation or conservation projects. Like, what are they talking about? Like cleanups, fish stockings, or clean water? What 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 are some of the well, uh, man, projects?
8: Yeah, there was some really cool stuff I heard about. Uh, so the Virginia Bass Nation, uh, which is ironic because I'm actually in Virginia tonight on my way to Myrtle Beach for spring break with the family. Uh, Virginia Bass Nation is working on uh, uh, restoring uh, aquatic vegetation, so uh, Joan, who's the uh, conservation director for Virginia, she showed us a project where they're growing water celery, a type of aquatic, native aquatic plant. They're growing it in schools and teaching kids how to grow it, and then once they grow the plants, they're going to put them back out into lakes that are lacking habitat. Uh, she actually won a uh, an award from Berkeley for that, and Mossback Habitat. Uh, Earl Conway from New Mexico. He's doing tons of work uh, putting habitat into some of the reservoirs in New Mexico. Uh, he, won some, he won a Berkeley Award with some money. Uh, man, and, and even just listening to uh, a couple of conservation directors, uh, Dean Rustic from Connecticut, he was talking about working with the youth, getting the youth out fishing, and then once he gets them out fishing, he engages them in conservation projects like putting habitat in, in uh, city ponds that are lacking habitat and he's working on a project with these kids using GoPro cameras to monitor the uh, the habitat in these ponds and actually GoPro just stepped up and they've offered all vast conservation directors a discount if they want to buy a couple cameras to help with their conservation projects so man it was uh, really cool to hear about all these different projects going across uh, all, you know, all across the, the continent it was really awesome
0: that is awesome it's a lot of habitat projects which is uh man that's certainly key um the one one of the things that we get a lot of i don't know there's a lot of talk about is um is tournament fishing having impact on fisheries and 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 the negative impact that it it, that some people are talking about was there anything along the lines of catch and release or catch care and release taking care of the the fish that we're dealing with in tournament situations?
8: Yeah, actually, uh, there was a cool study that's uh, it's kind of still in progress. I can't speak about the results because the results aren't final yet. But, you know, it's still good to hear about some of the work going on. Um, a longtime uh, uh, research scientist, uh, Hal Scram, uh, and he's working with a bunch of different uh, state agencies and other biologists and academics, and they're actually looking at the, uh, the effects of live well sort of live well stress on bass and it was a really cool study they've done they actually showed pictures of in a lab picture this in a lab Uh, ranger donated live wells actual live wells from ranger boats and they had all the live wells in a lab and what they did was they were in the laboratory setting they could control the temperature in each live well to a specific degree so then they could actually see well how do fish deal with a temperature of 60 degrees or 65 degrees or 70 degrees, so they could do all these cool tests, and and, and it was actually cool to see these pictures of the actual live well in yeah. the lab on these benches and all these hoses wow. running to it, and they actually, uh, to get the, the fish to study this, they actually raised uh, bass. They went out, got some bass, spawned them in a hatchery, and then uh, raised fish to test them on that, so using wild fish. Uh, and so this is this those results will be coming out sometime uh, later this year or next year for largemouth. But actually, Hal reached out to a few of us in the northern states uh, in Canada because he's looking for some smallmouth bass to do the same tests on. And we're just trying to figure out, you know, where can we mitigate uh, uh, some of the impacts of our potential potential stress of tournaments. Like if we can control water temperature better uh, in some of the real hot parts of the of the U.S. You know, you guys know this yourselves, That some of the groups might like do even during the hot, hot summer, they might even do evening tournaments or, or paper tournaments or stuff to help reduce some of the stress. So we talked about that. There was And it was actually a really cool presentation. Uh, Pete, you mentioned uh, habitat and the importance of habitat. There was a cool study being done by a master student from South Dakota looking at a, a, a lake that had very limited habitat. And they actually put in a whole bunch of these huge artificial, they called them artificial cities, and uh, if you guys uh, look up on Twitter or on Facebook, uh, Mossback Habitat, these guys make artificial habitats out of uh, basically it's kind of plastic material, last forever in the environment, and they kind of look like trees, or they look like, uh, man, they, can make, they have all kinds of different shapes of them, some of them are mats massive, some of them are 10 or 12 feet tall, and this, uh, this study in, in South Dakota looked, are out of South Dakota, I think it was actually in North Texas where they did the work on, on a small lake. They built these habitat cities where they put a 10 or 20 of these structures together and what they found was is the overall size of bass and the overall health of the bass was better in these complex habitats.
5: Mm-hmm. And They actually
8: showed fish prior to the habitat that were kind of long and lean and then after a year in these lakes or a year or more with these complex habitats and more forage and and things around those habitats, some of these bass actually seem to be fattening up more. And to test some of that, they actually tagged some of those bass and found that if you provided habitat, they provided good, what they call complex habitat, which complex just means there's a lot of things for bass there, cover, food, rearing habitat for young, spawning areas. And those fish just would fatten up, and they actually seem to be doing better in those complex habitats, and all this was is a part of this master's research project. So we got exposed not just to different conservation directors and partnership projects, but also to some of the new bass research going on.
5: Um, So that was, you know, it it was a full two days to believe we...
8: We crammed all
0: that into two days between eight o'clock and two o'clock every day. So. Yeah. Wow! Well, that's awesome, and uh, to hear those kind of stories, and and you know, we always talk about grass being so important, and lakes without grass need that habitat. They need something in order to establish, uh, you know, a strong environment to, to rear the young. But I but I I want to I want to talk about something that's important, and I don't know if you can comment on it if they even talked about it jason they wanted we had a big fish kill here on the chesapeake you probably heard about it um yeah they've had seven fish kills here on the chesapeake they have them all over the country really it's a it's a problem that seems to be related to you know industrial agriculture commercial agriculture and other industrial commercial properties with stormwater runoff and and nutrient loading and all these types of things which are you know depleting the oxygen you know uh in creating these negative environments where we get these big fish kills. Uh, did, did they address that at all? Did Are there any projects like that underway? Is anybody talking about that?
8: No, we didn't. We actually didn't talk about that project specifically, but all of us are well aware of it. Uh, you guys, I'm, I'm a big fan of the show, and I know you guys have had Scott Sewell on, and Scott's a good friend from Maryland,
5: mm-hmm.
8: uh, the conservation director from Maryland. And, man, that guy, you know, Scotty, yeah, I know he's, he's, he's. I'm 41. He's older than me. He's retired. That guy. That guy's an animal. Like he <laughs> went out and was like, and like you know, taking pictures of these pipes and
5: as was a biologist, awesome. he yeah.
8: call. He was emailing me with questions.
5: And on he on doesn't Facebook. have
8: a biology background, but like he totally took that on himself. And now maybe he, he is a retired state trooper, so he's he's kind of he, he's pretty brave, I guess, in that regard. But man, and, and hearing him talk on your show and uh, and how he took that on himself, and I don't know, I know that the results are inconclusive thus far, and we're curious, all of us, you guys and myself and a lot of people are curious about what really happened there, but I think it raised an awareness, and I think that that project that Scott worked on, uh, I think you're going to see more of us kind of taking uh, taking initiative, because social media is a powerful tool mm-hmm. now, and Scott, who is probably not the most savvy with social media, just by being able to use Facebook and provide all of us with updates, we all stayed in tune with that. I know that's how you guys got involved with it. And uh, But, you know, there are these issues going across the country, and I think that it's shown that what that example has shown us is when they do happen, we can deal with it. I think some of these projects, or sorry, some of these instances, they get wiped under the rug. We don't find out about them. Uh, but now with media the way it is and the, how fast it is, there's a certain accountability there that can't be ignored. So kudos to Scott, man. I'm proud of that guy for stepping up and and, uh, and proud of you guys for, for showcasing that, that project. I know Pete uh, and, and the rest of the guys on the show, you guys all fished down in the in Chesapeake, and that, that, that incident really hit home with you guys. So kudos to you guys for, for making a, a stand with that too.
2: Hey, hey, Jason, this is Dave. I have a question. So yeah. we're always we're always hearing about invasive aquatic vegetation. Now, as an angler, perhaps that I'm selfish, mm-hmm. but I would think that the spread of that would be would benefit wildlife that lives in the water. Why why, why the push for for there not to be uh, hydrilla or milfoil in areas that it's non-native to?
8: Sure, yeah, that, that's a good that's a good question, Dave. So. And this is one part of the summit that I enjoy. You know, up in Ontario, and I'm sure you guys, if you haven't been to, you've heard of places like Lake Simcoe and uh, the Kortha Lakes. And I I, I actually live uh, 15 minutes from Lake Erie on the Ontario side. And, you know, we talk about uh, invasive plants up there. But in some parts of the U.S., these invasive plants like hydrilla, they choke out an entire lake. There's nothing left. And it's not just hydrilla. There's other species like water soldier and, uh, phragmites, which is like a, it's called reed canary grass. This stuff just chokes out lakes. And just like, you know, we talk about with fish, you know, if you have too many fish in a lake, you might get a stunted growth, let's say. You know, so too much of anything is a bad thing. And so too much vegetation can be bad too. And, and what makes invasive species problematic is because they don't have natural, uh, sort of natural limitations here. They don't have predators. Uh, So what they do is they come in and their population explodes. And that explosion, you can kind of picture like a graph where it just climbs, the number just climbs up. And with plants, it's going to be a density thing. So you're going to get more and more plants. It's going to be a high, high density. And by the time it peaks, especially in small bodies of water, you can literally, like you're smothering the whole lake. You can't even put it. I've seen pictures of lakes that are choked with hydrilla so bad you can't even put a boat in. Wow.
5: Um,
8: I, I read of a study where the only way they could actually study the spread of it was they had to use kayak anglers because only kayaks could use a lake that previously had bass boats in it. So
0: it, it, it really is a regional issue. Wow. Were they Hobie uh, and, kayaks? And I won't, but it's, <laughs> it's cool to hear it, though, across the different uh, regions. Hmm. That Yeah, that that's... That's crazy. Well, the zebras and gobies are the other thing that zebra how,
1: mussels. Yeah. yeah.
0: What what do you what's your take on that up there up north? I mean, the gobies exploded the smallmouth and made them huge, and we love them. Oh yeah. But uh, the zebras are doing something. How how's that all relating? Where where do you see that going? Well, you
8: know, the zebra mussels have been in the Great Lakes now since. Uh, since the, I want, I want to say since the mid '80s, and uh, and even the round goby, they were first found near the near the outflow of the of Lake St. Clair into the Detroit River, right around Pesh Island.
0: Right.
5: They were
8: found there around
0: 1993.
8: No kidding. And since then, they, they've just spread, you know. And, and goby's they've spread a couple different ways. One, they have kind of spread on their own, but I think they've also spread. Uh, if you read some of the literature on. Uh, we have a lot of shipping even within the Great Lakes. So they came over here likely by ballast water. But we have ships moving uh, material around the Great Lakes, and that those ships are actually moving them too. So now you've, we've seen gobies, you know, pretty much in every corner of the Great Lakes, and now they're getting into some of the inland lakes, like Lake Simcoe, for example. But what we're seeing in Lake Erie is, and, uh, you know, we're seeing bass size increase a lot. So, uh, without having uh, specific numbers in front of me, there's studies that have been done that show that, you know, traditionally, let's say a, a two to three year old bass would be 12 inches. Now, a two to three year old bass can be 14 inches or more.
5: Nice. And mm. a
8: lot of that, a lot of that growth increase <laughs> has
5: occurred after the goby invasion. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but gobies, though, they they they're highly, uh,
8: they're really good uh, nest predators, right? So, in northern areas. You know, we have a lot of protected bass seasons, and there's a lot of issue potentially around uh, our bass spawn in a very small window. Uh, The further north you go, the smaller that window is. Right. And they're also very aggressive. And uh, with gobies, there's a potential for nest invasions. But, you know, some of the studies that I've read out of, uh, so New York DEC, Department of Environmental Conservation, they've had studies done. They've had a catch and release season there, I think, since 2007 on their inland lakes. And I've I've read some of their data and looked at some of the data, read some of their reports, and they've talked about how they've actually seen increases in some of their bass populations with with the increase of zebra mussel uh, and more forage opportunities. Some of the bass populations, I read a report for Lake Oneida where smallmouth numbers are on the way up. Uh, So, you know, some of these invasive species... our potential for negative impacts but we haven't seen it yet with smallmouth per se uh largemouth i'm not as concerned about uh but in the northern lakes i think smallmouth and and goby definitely share the same habitats because if you guys are up dragging tubes for gobies on here you're not getting goby pecs on your tube you're in the wrong area (laughs) so uh yeah the, the invasive uh the invasive issue is still kind of unknown even though they've been here for a long time part of that two guys is i think bass. We know bass are a long-lived species, so it might take a few generations
5: to actually see an impact if there is one.
6: Jason, um, this is Brian. My my phone is blowing up right now from uh, our our large Canadian contingency of viewers, and uh, they're begging me to ask you, why in the hell do they have to wait till the third week of June to be even able to cast for a bass?
0: (laughs) That's a good question. That's a good
8: question. So... I'm gonna I'm gonna actually answer that with mentioning uh, a good friend of mine, Dan Kimmel. Dan Kimmel is the conservation director for Michigan, and uh, we uh, every year or every other year at the conservation summit we present an award to the conservation director, uh, most outstanding conservation director, and Dan Kimmel won that award. And I'll tell you why he won that award because he pushed hard for to get a catch and release season in Michigan, and it and. There was a lot of issues to get that season through. He got it through, so that's new. So, uh, and actually, I, I, I won't lie to you guys. I was interviewed by Robert Montgomery uh, earlier this year on, uh, on Bassmaster.com, and I kind of had a plug in there that we need, we need a catch-and-release season in Ontario. And since I made that statement, I've had a few people reach out to me, including a few celebrities uh, in the fishing industry who are like, let's make this happen. So when when your neighbors are doing it, New York's been doing it for 10 years, Michigan's now doing it, I think it's time for Ontario to level the playing field a little bit. So I think you're going to see a push to have – you're going to see some stuff happening in Ontario. It's going to take some time, but I think now we have the data, and now we have some more political will on either side of the fence. So you can can tell the guys chiming in or if they're listening in, um, get ready to start attending some meetings in the next year or two. I think think it's going to hit the fan
5: cool
6: man I, they're they're listening and uh and they're itching to get fishing you know it's the season's short enough up there you know it's uh to oh, be yeah, restricted I, by I, politics I, I on the, top
8: the 20th, of at the summit guys i've roomed with jim marsh of oklahoma and he, he looked at me at, at breakfast one morning he goes what the hell do you fish for when you can't <laughs> fish for bass until june and i'm like well we got panfish and we got walleye and we got steelhead and you know, but I, I spent a lot of time in New York State, and you know what's the best part about going over to New York in the in the spring is when you're at the border crossing, and the crossing guard will say, "So, uh, Jason, what are you doing over here today? Oh, we're going to go fish for smallo. Where are you fishing, Lake Erie? And they look at you like, does the bass know yeah. what side of the fence they're on? <laughs>
2: according to, according
5: to the people that make the rules. Yeah. Uh, so.
2: Jason, I, I think it's time for, I think it's time for some, uh, some uniformity there. Jason, just by passing that law, you would eliminate at least two million unnecessary uses of the word eh. Because you guys would be like, why can't we fish eh? <laughs> Blows we can't fish eh? <laughs> this law sucks eh. It wouldn't even happen. If you could fish before June yeah. 2nd, that shit don't happen.
5: <laughs> for sure.
0: Hey. 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 <laughs> well, I tell you, you know what? Uh, Jason, I appreciate... What you guys do and all the conservation directors do, I've I always I got to give Bass credit for this. Um, even back in the beginning when Bass you know and started, they were always very political in that they defended fisher fishermen's rights. They were involved in the conservation of our natural resources. They were always at the forefront of this, and they're continuing to do so with this summit. So are you guys, and and I, I as a bass angler, I really appreciate that, and uh, I want you guys to keep up the good work, and uh, hopefully we'll have you on the show in the near future. We're definitely got to have
2: him on. He's good, yeah. Yeah. very
0: very knowledgeable, knowledgeable. Very, yeah. very 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 good. Uh, maybe we'll have you on when we get some more insight on the Chesapeake situation. But I appreciate you taking the time to make the call, even though you're on vacation, and down yeah. hey, some well, warm weather. What you know? the hell
2: you got going up in Canada? You're at the Classic one week, then you're running down the spring running down a spring break yeah. and I mean, i got to get a job in Canada, dude. We work. Yeah,
5: uh, well, and, and then I'm going to go to Guntersville in a couple of weeks, too. So I'm, ah, nice. I'm taking some vacation time before my
2: biology job picks up in the summer. Good for you. The well earned. my job, Brian, is I'll, I'll tell you this up front.
8: I spend 100 days a year on the water without a rod in my hand. Oh,
6: Ooh. I don't think I could do it. Wow. Yeah. That's that's like perfect. That's personally. tough.
8: Well, I see a lot of fish. I count 50,000 fish a year in our lap, but I don't get to catch them by rod and reel. So, that's uh, like
6: that's like hell. You. That's that's what that's I imagine. Torture. hell to be. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Can't fish. Yeah, that's a bad it's, it's dream. It's all good,
8: guys. I, I do the job because I love fishing, fish and fishing. That's why I do the job. So nice.
6: Good for you, man. Jason, thanks so much, man. Right, I'm glad man. I met you, and uh, thank you for for calling into us tonight. Jason.
2: Awesome, thanks. guys. We'll talk to you again
6: soon. Safe Safe take travel, care,
5: Jason. Buddy. You. See you, buddy. Thanks, guys. Take care.
2: I like it. We finally got a scientist friend of the show now, right? Yeah. When we're kicking bro science and we don't know what we're talking about, (laughs) Jason's on the phone. Jason, kick it real. He's going to tell us.
0: Explain this to us. Uh, That was was good having him on the line. And next, we're going to showcase a TH Marine product. Which one is it? Oh boy! <laughs> Did you pick one? Let's talk no. about this one that we talk about every dude, time. I got it, dude. <laughs> let me let uh, let's talk about that one. Go ahead. That yeah, sold out at the classic. We'll do this? Yeah, let's do that one. Ketch. The uh, uh. I'm gonna go to the next. Yeah, that that the trolling motor hub sold out at the classic. The um uh Gerald's. Trolling motor cable handle which the name escapes me at this exact moment that sold out it looks the like every
2: 1960s UFO photo UFO <laughs> photo in the background
0: <laughs> but they, they I have
1: one of them on my troll motor. that's
0: guy. right and they yeah. just you know it's extremely it's extremely effective at what it does TH makes some amazing products but uh, this uh, this is a gear grabber it's uh, a th product I keep trying to say TH um, you can say it. I know. I'm gonna have to. T N H. Yeah. But, <laughs> it's it, H. but it's an amazing. It's a it's a lure organizer. You know, you can mount inside your rod locker. Uh, it's a great product. I've uh, I seen it come out a couple years ago, and it's uh, you can get them through T H now. Always looking for a better way to manage your tackle. When you know one of the, what I have done over the years to the detriment of my boats is Ooh. I take my tackle and I stick it into the carpet. You know the key stuff, right? The the key baits that you're using, I just stick them into the carpet up by the by the front of the boat, and then of course you hit a boat wake and it pops you in the face, or hit <laughs> hooks your partner, or, you know, or um or, or you rip up your carpet trying to get it out. But this is a great little product that keeps that stuff organized for you. All that hot key stuff that you're using that you don't want to have to dig down and find in your tackle box, you can use this to organize that tackle system. Another great TH product. Check it out. TH Marine. Make the best stuff in the history of the world. Thank you, Luke. We'll catch up with you real soon. Yeah,
2: screw something in like an Alex boat. Any given time he's got five hundred dollars worth of tackle
6: rotten and rusting on the floor. <laughs> and the
0: that's, cup holders That's and, true man. Yeah. That'll be efficient man. I, that, that's one that makes that great, you know? You can put that stuff out there and it stays. I, I would, mm-hmm. I would,
6: uh, I would just go look in the bottom of Ike's boat to see what he's been using lately, okay. just to get a vibe of what's hot. Know,
0: that's, that's right? where it's stored. There's, there's your mistake. We've been using that trick for a lot of years. Okay. Is the is a lot that stuff that you sit out for everybody to see, is the stuff that didn't work. You think so? <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's the way it is in my boat when I come in off the water. Okay. I take it. I take. I hide, rip it hide, off. Throw hide, it on the ground. Hide the stuff that's working. You know, the subterfuge, yeah, subterfuge. Stuff, Only leave out the stuff that's not working. Yeah, <laughs> deception, but. All
6: right, I got a video
0: to play here. What do you got? All right, all right well
6: here we go.
0: Is it of me at the classic in my pajamas? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not. I think <laughs> I think Jared has that. <laughs> I don't know what's coming next. Uh, it, it's see, that's the thing, you know. Uh, de- Dave, you're lucky you didn't attend because, you know, you're never safe. No, not with Brian. Brian, Brian's <laughs> the worst with that, his cameras and his pictures
2: and shit. I can't Dude, stand it.
6: But you're a veteran, Dave. You, you, you've been there. You've been right? I get it. it. <laughs> I know not
2: to face you when I sleep. Poor like Pete <laughs> trusted you, fell asleep facing you, and you took
6: pictures of him sleeping. Yeah, he showed it to the, the world. The thing is, if it was me and you, you'd have gotten me just as good. <laughs> no, you'd have been sleeping with... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'd have been you'd something be, on your face.
5: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> you know <what> I mean?
6: <laughs> exactly. All right, so here we go. It's, we're just going to flash back here to
0: uh, Oh, here we, we go. about earlier. Uh, I know this video.
6: Controversy. Is that dude going to call in still? I'm going to call him.
0: Because i got to bounce in. Tournament leader Jason Christie, and this is kind of what it looks like today. He's somewhere in that... That's insane.
4: Huge mix of fiberglass so. and uh, water. Just pointed,
2: just, uh, we picked I mean, up did, like, probably uh, another 40 boats to take off. And then, I mean, look, there's someone so in, a, he's been in the back in of an his inboard. pocket. I want to show you how far they go.
8: He was way back here, and you can see these boats are still
2: How's that fun? back
8: in his pocket off the main lake. And this is what he deals with every place he moves. You know?
2: Oh, my God. Okay.
1: What if he wanted to come back and fish that spot?
2: He's not. No one him?
0: is. Nah. Yeah.
2: It's that's oh messed up. Oh my
0: god. Yeah, it's it's that's it reminds me of the Delaware, but that's the Delaware River times ten,
5: you know. Yeah. But what you know what? You what the fish
0: in the Delaware are a little
2: bit more hardened. They're well, used to barge traffic all day long. They're used they're used to, they're used a, to a, a, v- a violent tide. Yep. So guys that's watching Mike fifty yards away in the channel was
0: nowhere near the same as guys following Christy into that mm-hmm. cove Great and sense. pinning him in. I agree. The uh, Del- the same, because though. there's so much current on that Delaware River. You could blast an area and muddy it up uh, and destroy it. Fisher used and to Another it. another hour goes, a half hour goes by, and it would just flush it right out. Yep. But, but conversely, conversely, not here, not that. here on no, Grand Lake. And,
2: and, and, and in the Chesapeake, it's not the same either. Right. You can't, you know, you can't go trolling around. You can't go out there messing it all up out on the flat. Yeah. It, it'll be, create the that same be, disturbance. Yeah. But Mike had going on in the river, except for when he was in the creeks. When Mike was main river, it, it didn't have an adverse effect because no one was up on the cover where they were at.
0: What what this is showing us, and the guys, the guy said it. But it's not good enough now. It's not good enough to find one pattern or two patterns or even three patterns. Pa- it's not good enough because now you've got to find different areas of the water. You've, you can't go back and do the same thing in the same area like yeah, Edwin did. T- t- he f- he f- he, because of the pressure, he fished three separate areas three different days of the tournament. So it, you've got to be so good now. That you've got to find one, two, and three patterns in three completely different areas of the body of water. One body of water had
2: two pieces of cover named after the anglers that won on it. Potomac River had Horton's Rock at the mouth of Occoquan. Yeah. And Terry had a tree. Like, you can't fish those kinds of patterns anymore. Nah. Where you're just banging them up, you know, all three or four days of the competition on the same cover. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, with a four-day tournament, it's tough to do that. With four-day tournaments with 100 boats on it, you're right, it's destroyed. And Jim Better
2: allegedly had a rock north of Occoquan. Yeah, that,
0: yeah. Bitter's Rock.
2: That, yeah, that first cove, I don't know what it's called, but north of Occoquan on the Virginia side. Yeah. supposedly there's like a rock out there.
0: It's like yeah. trying to find the uh, Oak Island treasure,
2: because yep. I tried to find
0: that stuff, but couldn't. Yeah, the, uh, there's barges up on the Hudson River, which are named, too. I'm going to think of it in just a second, but he's another old-time... BASS angler, but uh, yeah. the, um, you know, th- that kind of stuff. It's just, it really is challenging the anglers, you know, and we saw it there. We talked, too much. Let's think about what we talked about. We talked about the safety. Safety. Look at that. That is crazy. Huh. Like when I was following Mike uh, and the other anglers, I wouldn't get in it. Like I would stay back and let everybody go and then catch up to them. Just, it's because it's completely unsafe and these, these, these boaters are out of control. Yeah, people
1: drinking or you know just out there having a good time.
6: And yeah, you, you almost have see. to like lose them. Like if yeah. I was fishing on the Okeechobee, I'd have been flying through the reeds yeah. now, and now had I a th- plan to lose. Right, so we're we're no. talking about two different things here, right? We have one thing which is just spectator traffic, right? And this is an extreme example of spectator traffic that that Overstreet was showing.
2: Most extreme,
6: right? And and uh, I've been a spectator in a couple events, you know, on the Chesapeake and on the Delaware, and you know we laid back, we did our best to not interfere. And the type of fishery really really plays into it you know and it was cool on on the Chesapeake I got to watch um, I think Brandon Coulter it was you know we laid back we stayed you know way off him he was working a bank he turned around he talked to us it was a cool experience you know and um, so 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 it's like that that was cool and there's you know there's other situations where you can be a spectator and it's good so where does it go bad what, you, know, you know, where does it go from, like, it's a good experience where's for both the, the angler, you know, getting, gaining the exposure and all that, and, and, and the spectators, and then where does it go bad? You know, where's the number? Where You know, because in bass fishing, the playing field changes. It's not a rectangular field. It changes. It's a cove. If they're out in the wide open, not a big deal. If he's working a bank and they can stay off him, not a big deal.
2: So the answer to your question is unanswerable because it's a wide open variable. Right. All right. Now, if you if you if you give one narrow specific, then you can say when it goes bad. But these patterns aren't narrow and they're not specific. <laughs> so an area can be absolutely violated by a bunch of guys going. I'm saying that we contributed to that. We were a part of it by following Mike that day. Brian was a part of it following whoever he was following down the Chesapeake. But it it, it absolutely is uh, it's bad all around for what they're doing.
0: Well, I, the what it comes to is what's the solution. Right, that's what has to be achieved, right? Is a solution, and the the thing that it kind of makes me nuts, but the scullers have come up with a solution uh, around here, is they get that body of water shut down.
2: Yeah, well, the problem
0: is, and, and I hate that they have the ability to do that because they they screw us, the anglers, and they shut the body of water down. They run outboards that we're not allowed to run. And they have their events. They dredge, like they're dredging the Cooper River right now by us, places that the anglers could never get action taken on. Yeah. You know, incredibly political organization. But they're setting kind of a precedent that if you've got an event here, you have the possibility of temporarily shutting down a body of water or limiting the usage of of that body of water, and is that the is that the solution no, so for there, our,
2: these big tournaments? Here, here's the here's the answer to that very simply. Oh, uh, lawyers, doctors, judges, they all did wussy sports like sculling, okay, and they have power, yep. and if they have the power to shut that down, anglers don't
0: have that power, and
2: that broke uh, our broken vein of politics would never allow for us to have a fair say in it. So well, to even ponder it as i i
0: I can appreciate that it's kind of an elitist sport over there but but let me tell you we've got plenty of attorneys we've got plenty of high powerful people that that fish and we all vote you know you've seen that sticker i fish i vote you know uh i it's something is you know I think we can get some action taken on some of this stuff. I'd like to fight the scholars on a lot of stuff, but the um you know, I, I think it's going to be at the boat launch. I think it's going to be limiting the amount of boats that can participate. There's got to be something that that's done. I, I really don't know what the answer is. but the
2: female scholars wear yoga shorts, though. <laughs> 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 it's not all that terrible.
0: Thing.
6: Yoga shorts. Is there yoga shorts? I don't know. Dave just <laughs> Now, Pete, as a
1: question, as a fellow tournament angler, if something like this, if you have uh, spectators following you, would you go somewhere that further? That you wouldn't have spectator boats follow you, kind of like maybe Edwin. Uh, well, heard. what
0: Edwin did, Edwin yep. smashed up his outboard. Yeah. Uh, one day, and fortunate that that he was able to get in. I don't know how it worked out, but I, I know he mangled his lower unit and his prop. Yep. And that's what it's going to be about. Uh, would I do that? Yeah. It, absolutely. Absolutely. If I if I could navigate that shake crazy em. water and shake them, lose them. I remember, uh, it's funny that Mike, I wish he was here with me now when, um, when he won the classic, um, he was worried about spectator traffic because where he was catching those fish was a very, very confined area and he was worried about it. We were talking and at the time there was not wraps, right? They were just plain, they were plain boats. I think they were ranger boats at the time that, that you had to run um, and we were to, we were talking about hoodies a uh, way to camouflage himself so that he couldn't be distinguished from the other competitors so that he could blend you know, in. he could blend in and and not be followed but it's so we were thinking about it back it was, then back then Long 13 years ago, yeah, and it was it was starting to become an issue. Now it now it's a big time issue. But yeah, you're right. Doing what Edwin did, I guarantee you, Edwin, and I'm anxious to have him on the show. I can't wait to hear him to talk hear about it. But he probably had that in his back pocket. I'm gonna run over these rocky flats that nobody nobody will, nobody follow. will follow me, and uh and I'll I'll be I'll be good. But um, you know it's it's going to be interesting to see where this all goes. But Brian tells me we got a caller on the line. Uh, hey caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from?
9: Uh, it's Jeremy from Minnesota.
0: Hey Jeremy, what do you got for us?
9: Oh, I just, uh, on Facebook I had hooked up with Brian, because I was, when I saw the Overstreet video, we were caught up in that mess for, for one of the three days. Wow.
0: How, well, describe it to me. I mean, was it, were you scared? Was it crazy? What was going
9: on? It was definitely crazy. Uh, we... When we got in it, we were actually ahead of it. We were idling away and going to go ahead and see if we could find some other guys. And uh, Jason Christie flew by us, and we saw the the boats coming. And we were in a, a Ranger walleye boat with a 150 horse, so they caught us and they were catching us and passing us, and it was it was hairy to say the least. Uh, we saw a couple of bass boats get a little I don't know a little gassed up that I I was I thought they probably soiled themselves when I. Watch them driving by. But, uh, yeah, it was hairy in those things. So it was definitely dangerous. I agree with what you said earlier about, you know, dangerous for the
5: boaters and the spectators in those situation.
0: So you were out, uh, you know, following these guys around and stuff. And um, I know we had talked earlier about guys fishing out there while this was going on. Did you see any of that going on?
9: You know, we – I didn't spot too many guys doing that. But then again, like I confessed to Brian, we, we actually did. Uh, we – So I'm one of those bad guys. We we drove down from Minnesota. I haven't seen my boat since mid-October. So it was nice to be out on open water, and I was dying to try to catch some fish. And we probably spent a total of, you know, maybe an hour and a half fishing over the course of the three days. But we tried, you know, naive, like you said earlier, naive. Um, We thought if we go to where we don't see a single pro, we'll be, you know, it'll be okay. And now after all of this, I'm kind of educated, let's say, uh, uh, into how, you know, we probably could have messed up something. Uh, thankfully, yeah. we never hooked a fish, <laughs> I yeah. guess, until after the tournament, uh, Sunday about 4 o'clock, we finally caught some fish. But
0: Wow. Well, that, that's pretty good. I mean, uh, well, I mean, I'm disappointed that you were fishing, obviously, and you yeah. heard us all comment about it, but I'm... Um, um, Impressed with the fact that we were able to g- turn your opinion on it, and I hope that we do, we were able to do that with not not so subtle of a commentary by Ike in particular. But <laughs> well, <laughs>
9: yeah, he didn't well, seem too happy. Well, the, the guys that uh, fish with me and fish against me call me uh, call Ike my brother from another mother because I tend to have temper tantrums on the lake a lot. So, it.
5: Uh, um, <laughs> I, I, there, I, I, it.
9: I took it. I understood it. Uh, I definitely. Would never do that again. Uh, I I just was, I guess I would call it overzealous, uh, excited to be out on open water and hoping to come home saying I caught a fish yeah. on Grand Lake.
6: Yeah, I mean, Jeremy, like, the thing is, like, you think about it, like, you don't know how that day's going to progress, you know what I mean? Even even though you caught that fish at the end of the tournament, what if it was day two?
5: Mm-hmm.
6: What if it was day two and, and day three, you know, there's a Federation guy, that 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 that's you know he he puts his plan together for day three he makes it to the final day and that's part of his run for day three you stuck three of his fish for the next day you changed his life right. you know what I mean you know you guys are impacting it like that these guys are living on a freaking thread they honestly are even guys on the elite trail I say probably two thirds of the guys on the elite series trail fishing at the highest level are living on a thread and and, and one or two fish in a big tournament can either, you know, turn their, I mean, completely change their life, you know. And and for crying out loud, for the at least for the freaking classic. I mean, myself, I would never fish in any of the events. You know what I mean? But because I, because I know, I, I just know how this thing that how this thing rolls. But God damn, how can you go fish in the freaking classic? I I just don't fucking get it. I'm sorry, man. Like, you want to go fish? Go fish down the road.
9: Yeah. Uh, I I know.
6: Yeah, I you know, I don't be a dick, dude, but what the hell?
5: <laughs> I
9: understand. I totally understand. And you know, looking back on it, I'm I guess I'm glad we didn't fish, you know, like we didn't go out and think, "Okay, we're going to go fish these spots. We're going to fish a lot." Um we kind of had the I mean, we sat in the boat and we're like, "We definitely don't want to be in the way." So we sat way back. Um we went and bought a map and we would use binoculars to see if they were fishing
0: Ah, uh, the old binocular horizontal trick. Baits,
9: vertical baits, whatever. And then we would sit in the boat and try to figure out why are they doing that. So we were trying to use it as a form of learning. But then again, I totally agree. We should never have, you know, ran over to where our house was that we were renting on the lake and tried to see if we could, you know, catch a fish. Um, granted, for some of the time we tried to catch crappies, uh, but it was... I, Dude, I get it.
6: I mean, like, it's impossible to get on water and not fish. You know what I mean? I got the same disease you have. I
1: have that problem. Too. Yeah, I, I mean, all
6: I, I see water. I, I don't. I, I twist. You to know? try I, past it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like fasting, right? Exactly. Yeah.
0: You know what? I'm impressed with with, with Jeremy saying though is that he listened to the commentary exactly. and he was. He said he was naive. He admitted right. to that, and and I'm hoping that other people listening to this broadcast and share it that you know, you know, there is. Uh, th- this is a big deal, you know. There's a lot going on here, and if you're, d- especially you're down there to be a spectator for this event, you know, you need to tr- try to create that that, you know, arena. You need to try to not impact it as much as possible. And and I can appreciate you. I can appreciate you making the turn, Jeremy. Uh, I mean, that's. Uh, I hope we. I hope we have that impact on on a lot of other people, and I hope that moves forward because I I think for the short term. The, the spectators are going to have to police themselves because I don't see a solution here in the nah, near future.
6: I, Pete, I, I agree with you, Pete. I don't think that there's a legislation. I don't think that there's a law. I don't think there's – I think it has to come from within on a grassroots level. I think it's
1: going to be a safety issue first is well, what's going to happen. I, I Somebody's going to get hurt maybe. Well, here's, here's the deal. It's just
6: one of those unwritten rules in fishing. Yeah, there's a lot of – just at, Overstreet fish Post's video, right – the the comment section blew up with guys
1: big time, yeah, talking
6: shit on what they saw, right? Mm-hmm, correct. Okay, so if those guys believe that, and they they're out there on the water and they see somebody fishing, it's up to them to say, dude, put your rods away. Just like we did when Mike fished the Delaware, even though it wasn't Mike, it was Johnny Cruz that was getting violated by some jerk offs. They freaking caught a fish in front of him on the Delaware River. Every freaking fish was was dollar bills. Every single bite was dollar bills, and these assholes are out there sticking fish. Yeah, Jeremy, I have a question. uh, In in retrospect, they should have got their ass beat. That's a bottom line. (laughs) They should have got it beaten. That's some jersey coming out
0: in you,
1: Jeremy. I have a question for you. Did you see other people fishing, like when you were leaving spots or anything like that, like following the anglers? Did you see? That's a very
0: good question, Mr. Brosnick.
5: <laughs> we switched
0: seats. We switched seats. Dave yeah. had to. Dave had to split. And I, don't to, out. I don't mean. I don't mean interrupt, Jeremy. But you go ahead and answer that question. I just have a new co-host at the moment. <laughs>
9: uh, we never. I. I never witnessed anybody um, moving in and fishing the actual spots that the guys were. You know, like once they left, I didn't see anybody hanging around. Um, but we also spent a lot of our time kind of idling around or driving around, um, just trying to see as many pros as we could okay so
1: yeah and nobody was fishing any of their stuff or trying
9: not that i I noticed uh we you know with that day we were with jason christie we didn't spend a uh, an enormous amount of time in the i think we got a little bit nervous about being in the
1: in that mess yeah
9: parade gotcha
1: wow now i appreciate it jeremy
0: well i think it i think it's awesome i think it was bold of you to call in jeremy yeah. yeah, we were getting, it yeah. was getting hostile it's in here, man. a touchy topic. Yeah.
9: Yeah, I was, I, I got I got hammered pretty good on Facebook. I mean, that was, <laughs> I, I felt like Ike when he broke the, you know, when he got DQ'd in the Classic. <laughs> a while ago. I mean, I was just getting nailed. He <laughs>
0: uh,
9: was. You're not but, the,
0: yeah, you're not the only one to break rules, are you?
9: No, nah, but, <laughs> but you know
0: what, dude? He's he's
6: a smart enough guy to, to listen and not be so self-absorbed to think he has all the answers. He's exactly. listening, he's learning. And, um, no, nah, hats off to you, Jeremy. Thank you for calling in tonight, even though you know it was a, might be a little bit hostile environment. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, uh, hats, no hats no off problem.
5: to you, buddy.
0: The most interesting, come, thank you, Jeremy. Thanks thank for you, the Jeremy. call, buddy. The, Thanks. uh, the, the most interesting part of that was when you were talking, Brian, now, you know, some, some of these guys are on that are even in the classic are just, they're professional angles and they're just scraping by. Unlike, us at the Ike Live Show who are just rolling in, <laughs> yeah. you know, just on the lap of luxury, killing it. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at the all, truth, right, not at all. Trust me, not at all. <laughs> killing no, it. That, that was some great. That was some great stuff. Are we going to have an MB MTB unboxing?
6: No, we're not because uh, the box hasn't arrived yet. So we're going to do that on the next show. We're going to open the phone line for a call or two, and then we're wrapping this up. Okay. And that's about it, man. Have you got anything else? I know we got some shout outs. Shout out to the Super Lee. Um, I know him from Twitter. I got to meet him at the Classic. Uh, homeboy was running around with Gerald Sensabaugh, and he was out on the water, following things around. So shout out, Super Lee.
0: We got we got the Flambeau promotion that Mike's running this year. Go ahead, run with that. Yeah, the, Mike is going to at every elite tournament this year. Uh, He's going to run around with a Flambeau Tackle Box. He's going to collect autographs and baits from all the other elite anglers um, to put into that tackle box. And that tackle box is going to be on eBay. It's going to be raffled off. And all those funds are going to be going to the Ike Foundation, which is there to put rods and reels in the hands of kids that just can't get them. So uh, look for that to happen. Make make a big, giant... uh, contribution we saw a lot of contributions at the at the uh classic bridget they I bet. at the ike foundation people right. are becoming aware of the cause and uh coming up and contributing
1: that's nice and
0: and they and uh, much to my surprise they actually purchased the ike calendar
1: right there, right here?
0: yeah <laughs> look he's not consulting yeah <laughs> A lot of people actually purchased the Ike calendar. Nice. Which was a, they, they, for a $10 donation. Yeah, can't beat it. Yeah, they, they, they contributed. Uh, and Mike donated these calendars, donated everything to the Ike Foundation, which I thought was. Uh, That's really nice. Yeah, yeah it it's pretty it's awesome. Great. Yeah. What was really awesome, too, is that the uh, the booth was the little Ike and Ellie girls. Oh. Hi, Drew and Riley. Shout out to you guys. <laughs> you were awesome at the classic. That was really cool. Uh They were there. Um Vegas and Steli were there. For Everybody a little, for a little while too, but the girls were—they uh, were—they were working hard. I you bet. Know? It yeah. seemed
1: like a lot of people were lining up. I saw pictures on Facebook, yeah. Instagram, and stuff, so it looked like a pretty good turnout. Oh, that,
0: that—that tackle box giveaway was amazing.
1: That's nice. How yeah. many—how many tackle boxes do you think right
0: were? I think yeah. 250 or or somewhere thereabout.
1: That's a really nice turnout yeah. for kids.
0: Yeah, every every like uh, at least once a day or more. They would give away like 50 tackle boxes or 100 tackle boxes. That's great. And the line was just crazy. It was That's crazy. awesome.
1: I'd be excited to get a tackle box. Oh, my
0: gosh. Those kids, they would <laughs> – we <laughs> should have brought you one. I'm sick. <laughs> we, we gave them all the I know. Sorry. Man. It's for the Next kids. Year. It's Next for the year. kids. That's right. All right, giddy the, up. The kids, were, the kids were there in full for full we got a caller on the line. Hey, we got a caller on the line. What's your name? Where are you calling from?
7: Hey, what's up, guys? It's your buddy, Tackle mob. Hey, what's what's how, are you? how are you, man? What's going on, guys? Hey, welcome back from uh, Oklahoma there, Brian and Pete.
0: Yeah, was, I didn't see you down there. Did you make it?
7: I did not make it. I was back here in Jersey.
0: Ah, uh, uh, well.
7: Saving up all those funds for ICAST, buddy.
0: All <laughs> right. Well, that's not too far
7: away. What's going on with no, you? I don't know. We're only a couple months out. Yeah. I just wanted to call and give an update on the uh, Suffering Show. I've been hanging out here the last couple of days. That's up at, uh, right. Up for New York. Yeah. And you guys usually make the trip up. Yeah,
0: that's going on this weekend. How is it? Uh, is, is, it's, did, did it's everybody actually show it
7: really
5: yeah
7: it's a it's a, it's a great show as, as you guys know um, the crowd's been really good uh, there's a couple people that left a couple new people came in I have spent all day in the Lee's Global tackle booth we were moving swim baits and JDM tackle left and right
0: Lee's global tons tons tackle
7: of with lots of tons yeah. of people with lots of interest for swim baits and and really trying to learn about stuff that you know is not really so common here
0: Lee's Global Tackle, isn't that from Chicago? They are. Wow. Well, how
7: about that? They are. they are in fact. Well you know me, I had to we had to get some JDM on here. The show the East Coast and JDM love whenever possible.
0: Well, 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 Shout out to the boys there. They were they worked with us at the Bass University one year when we were out in Chicago, and uh, that that's cool to see them there. And I'm sure I know my boys at Susquehanna Fishing Tackle are up there. That, hey, they're good guys. Oh yeah, George There's and Mike are at
7: the show. Yeah. They're doing great business. They're pumping baits out left and right. Their booth's been busy the whole weekend. Uh, Mike's been up on the uh, stage doing some Susquehanna River smallmouth stuff. Those guys uh, Brandon was Brandon was there. Brandon Polanek was there Friday and there, uh, Thursday and Friday. Awesome. That's a good show, uh, great It really is. I mean, it's you know, for a lot of us up here, it's our local. It's basically all we got. You can drive to Philly, you can go to Boxborough, but mm. if you're in New Jersey, you're in New York City. It's pretty much this is it. All right, well, it great.
5: does well for us.
0: It's a great show. Our friend Todd. Run, you know, runs that show and uh, does a great job of it and it also does the one at Oaks, and, and I was working there, uh, I guess, two weekends ago. So, but, uh, That's right. We
7: were, we were a little concerned. There was a little bit of chatter going on. Uh, uh, not everybody knows, although it was made very public They did put out a press release, but the shows, that group of shows was actually sold. Mm-hmm. Um, Todd is still the manager, so the management's still good, and I'm here to say that so far, so good with the show. Um well- it was what? actually purchased by the National Marine Manufacturers Association. That's right.
0: That's right. So. Well, we hope you have a great weekend, man, and uh, crush them. Sell some more swim baits tomorrow.
7: Yeah, we're working on it, man. Yeah, we'll be back out there tomorrow if you guys want to come out to the show, if anybody wants to come out. Um, I believe doors open at 930 tomorrow. We're there till 5. It's uh, 13 bucks to get in tomorrow's Kids Day if you want to come out.
0: Go check it out, guys. Suffering. Go check it out, guys. Suffering, New York. It's a great, great outdoor show. If you've got cabin fever like we all do, go check it out, 930 tomorrow. Thanks for the call, man. Thanks, Mike. So that's a cool show, man. I've been up there for – man, we've been going to Suffering, New York for years and years. So it's great to see that uh, the new ownership is keeping it up and running, keeping Todd in charge because – He does such a good job.
6: Suffering (laughs) succotash.
0: Well, we love it up there. We got anything else on the plate tonight? No,
6: man. Let's wrap it up.
0: All right. Well, that's the the greatest edition of Ike Live ever, starring Pete Louzac, without Ike.
5: (laughs) Pete Live. (laughs) Pete Live. Pete Live.
6: Hey, shout out to uh,
0: Ike. To Ike. To Becky. And Becky and John and Ish and JC John Cruz and Trevor. And Dalis, the, 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 yeah, the high champions. school class yeah. guys. Yeah. And it was, a great, it was a great show. A lot of great guests. Jason, Jeremy, and,
6: and Jason, uh, the biologist, and and. And Jeremy the uh the bad guy. Yep.
0: Yeah. And who is the, now the, a good guy? The converted yeah. bad guy. Yeah, way to go, Jeremy. Hey, appreciate everybody being part of the show. Uh we had a lot of fun doing it. We got a lot more coming. Uh, wait a minute, I think on my notes is the next show. Let me read that with Edwin. Is uh, okay. uh coming up on March twenty sixth. Twenty sixth, yeah. We're gonna head Edwin Evers, the Bassmaster Classic Champ, hopefully the champion of Saint John's River. And I want you guys also, all of our subscribers, Bash University Live is going to be March 31st. Uh, so anybody that subscribes to uh, to Bash University TV, check it out. If you haven't subscribed yet, you got to subscribe. Check it out. And we're going to be live, me and Mike, on March 31st. Appreciate you being here. Thank you, Bridget. Thank you, Pete. Thank you, everybody. Thank appreciate, you, Brian. <laughs> appreciate you guys. Good fishing. Spring's here, baby. Get out there.
6: Night Thank, Thank you, Caesar, aka Muscle Hamster, John
5: Row <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>